Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. All right, lads, we're back. Hopefully there won't be any breaks, internet connections just dying on us. How are both of you? Daniel, your internet, is it good? It is good. It has been tested. It has been great this whole day, but I was working from home, so fingers crossed, but happy Wednesday, guys. Exactly. Alex, how are you? I am fantastic. Just finished class, and now I get to record the podcast. I couldn't be happier. What class? Mm -hmm. Uh, Intro to real estate management. Can you help me mortgage a house? No, no. no, Okay. All right. No. no. Not yet. Not yet. 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 When the course is done, he can. (laughs) I mean, the bank can do that for you, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't understand how banks work sometimes. I just see it's this. Magic. I, uh, I say this. I have a magic. Question. Sure. I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know if you covered this in class already. Oh, <laughs> throw a question my way, man. But for real estate, yeah. how do you deal with people who say that they live rent free in your head? Well, I mean, we haven't covered one. that. Uh, we haven't gotten to the uh, that point of the class. But I'm sure we will, and I, I will bring up Steve Simmons and how he lives rent free in my head, uh, along with Mike. Just it, it's it's difficult, right? Because I don't get I don't make money off of it. They just live rent free in my head. It's it's really difficult. It's not a great investment. I wouldn't suggest it. Basically, squatters. <laughs> yeah, like I would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're not I wanted, would. but they're just kind of stuck there. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest it as an investment tool. And instead of getting bailiffs to kick them out, it's basically therapy. And by therapy, yeah, I mean the yeah. Leafs need to win a playoff round to shut them up. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man. I guarantee you all of Steve Dangle's uh, pain will go away. Well, you know, at least the Leafs have won a game. Oh, man. We'll talk oh. about Montreal oh, later. Um, but just a bit of a somber note to open the show. I think first uh, we just want to send our you know best wishes to both the Edmondson and Bossy families. Uh, of course, by, I mean by that is Joel Edmondson's father is right now battling cancer, and part of Joel Edmondson being away from the team is to do with that. Um, and, of course, the great Mike Bossy is also fighting cancer right now, so we send our love out to both of them right now. Uh Kick cancer's ass, lads. We love to see it. Let's go. Um, There are certain words that before we were on voice ed, I would have words for for cancer, but I can't say it because we are not allowed to swear. But no one likes cancer. Um, And let's go, Mike Bossy, and let's go, Mr. Edmondson. We're thinking of you. Guys, we are... We're just over a week into the season now, aren't we? Eight days? Yeah, because it started on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Never forget Never. I wish I could forget the past eight days, Alex. I really wish I could. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. No, I guess. Yeah, that for you. That, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's too early to do contenders versus pretenders because, you know, Buffalo's 3-0. Yeah. So we'll just throw Buffalo in pretenders. Um, 
my president's you know trophy winner uh, prediction you know, is coming along. It's, it's funny with Buffalo, though, because it's not like they're getting hot goaltending. It's just they're playing really solid defense I was seeing some, some numbers talk about. Like, man, good for them. If they start the year like 15-1-2, it's going to cover up when they go like 0-30. Yeah, like I don't want to – listen, people in Buffalo are dealing with a lot right now um, with this team. The, the we're still waiting for Jack Eichel to be traded. So I don't want to dump on them too much. I don't. I don't. Let I, them enjoy I, I bad. the sample size for now is what you're Enj- saying. Exactly. Enjoy the happiest moments they have in a decade. Well, I mean, the thing is like, they've had these moments like three years in a row now. So I'm going to right last year. They went on 10 games the year before that they went on 10 games. Uh, yeah. I forgot. So about that. I'm just yeah. going to say, it's really nice to see them doing well when the last 18 months have not been fantastic for this franchise. Silver lining mm-hmm. I find here, though. What? And I like the story, is after so many injuries, Kyle Pozo is looking a little bit like his older self. A bit more offensive production there. I swear, whoever his centerman, maybe it was Tage Thompson for all I know, he made his centerman look incredible the other day against Montreal. He was... Skating, it legit was vintage Ocposo again, which was so, so cool to see. I don't think people realize how bad it's been, Buffalo. It's been for Buffalo. Like, remember the um, the bubble? They were point, they were like the smallest they, percentage point from making they had the playoffs. A, a, if the playoffs had, if, if COVID had shut down the season like two days later, they could have made it because they had a game against Montreal. And if they had yeah. won, they would have made past them. Yeah. And then, so they don't make the playoffs. Then they have a horrible season under Ralph Krueger. And then you get this shining light of Don Granado to come in. And then you got to deal with Jack Eichel. Not mm-hmm. deal with Jack Eichel. But the, the situation going on between the club and, and himself. And then, I mean, you got this. It's like so nice. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like it for them. What's the, what's the opposite of deal? Folding, they're folding Jack Eichel right now. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> they yeah, are not. Sure. Uh, they need to figure not retaining that out. Salary, nothing. No, 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 no. They're being patient, though. They're being patient yeah. because I, I they saw, liked what they got for Ristolainen. Okay, cool. Not the same, but no. I, I saw a list, the new list, come out of teams interested. Like all of them are the same, the same five, and then I saw San Jose. I'm like. Oh, no. You know what? Let, let's 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 not do that, guys. Why? Let's see, let me see Why? if I can go find the uh, list real quick. But San Jose was the odd team on that list, and I just uh, please don't like. Why so who who were the five? We actually know who they are now, or or is like it basically who, who well? We this thought. is so. This is from David Pagnotta from the fourth period. So the six teams are Vegas. So we knew ducks we knew flames we knew blue jackets we knew um the wild we knew the sharks are the new one there and he did know that the golden knights are the most interested what would the package be like for that i mean so many scenarios we've come up with before but for the san jose sharks yeah like they're clear eklund probably yeah they just started you know restocking the cupboards that they're gonna try to do something with this because all the other big contracts 
are not really contributing Vander to Kane. what they're being paid. Oh my goodness. If they trade the for Vander Kane, then I genuinely don't believe in what they're building anymore. It would be funny though. It would to go be, back. Yeah. It would be interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, I saw a piece of news that I wanted to also mention to you guys here. Um, apparently, all athletes who plan to be going to the Olympics, aka Beijing, uh, we're not far too far. A couple way, couple couple ways, couple months away from that. Um, they all need to be fully vaccinated. So I was just thinking to myself, if if you're Mackenzie Blackwood, right, and you're kind of thinking right now it's an open door for sort of that third goalie spot in Canada. Then would that just not be a bit of incentive? Like same with Bertuzzi, right? Like that's a guy who his style of play. You talk people talk about like what about Hyman and like Chris Kunitz previously. I don't think Tyler Bertuzzi would be a very much a, a long shot to make it. Let's just see if he can use to have a good year. I want to. That's another way to be like, hey, you want to? You want to go to the Olympics, right? Yeah, the Brendan Morrow of the team. <laughs> exactly. I wonder that's if it's a, a little. <laughs> that is a name. <laughs> I wonder if there's more of a kick for Blackwood because I know from what I've read is there's been appointments set up for him to get vaccinated and he's there. So he was going to go like, and then he didn't. So I wonder if now that you have to get, you have to be vaccinated to go to Beijing, knowing that the, there's the uncertainty of price and they're, they're really, that third spot is very much open. Mm-hmm. You just kind of think like, listen, right now you you're going to be in the same company, Jack Hughes, if he continues to have a good year once he's because he's day to day now and how good he's been to start the year. You know, if, if he looks good and he'll be placed probably like if you can imagine like he'll maybe he'll be two C behind Matthews ahead of Larkin. Dougie Hamilton will obviously be around there, uh, even if he probably won't make it. You know, PK will definitely be trying his best to make that team, and yeah. then at the back of them is Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, and you know he's. There's potential there. There's potential, and I think Bernier, we you know give him crap. How good was he in Detroit last year? I know I'm I, maybe I'm stretching it a bit there, but you know the competition around the league for the Olympics. I mean, it's gonna be a thing. We haven't yeah. seen it in a while, but there should be interseason. I think wasn't there a story of like Corey Perry was going after, or it was it was Corey Perry or like Ryan Kessler a couple of years ago leading up to the Olympics? Well, I think maybe in Sochi. Which is purposely going after like the stars of the other opposing teams leading up to the Olympics. May have been Corey Perry because that just seems like a Corry Perry thing to do, <laughs> yeah. but it you also talked seems about like it a before. Ryan Kessler thing to do. It yeah, does. Both of them. So I believe it. <laughs> the Bash brothers. Remember when Kessler was like playing? I do. Oh man. It was good. Kessler's you know, house. He's one of those guys where and I'll go back onto the Olympic topic, but he just has one of those guys I never actually really cheered for him especially for the stuff he did with the um i know this was a very funny troll thing he did during the 2010 olympics it was mm-hmm. prior to the gold medal game he showed footage of remember when mark andre Fleury scored on himself in the world juniors yes yeah he did that prior to the gold medal game oh that's pretty funny though that hurt me I'm like Fleury's not even on the bench man <laughs> bro there's the backup goalie <laughs> You know, my favorite Marc-Andre Fleury story is one, I want to say maybe when he's playing for Cape Breton. Daniel, you might have even been the one who told me this, that he got pulled, and I guess at that time they asked the goalie to like, track the face-offs, and apparently they got the clipboard back from Fleury after he had been pulled and he was tracking everything. And the stat, and like there were no stats, it was just like, I'm not a goalie, not a, not a mathematician. 
<laughs> Gotta love Flurry. I guess. What a great guy. But yeah. I just thought I'd mention the Olympic stuff. I thought that uh, that it is cool. It is an interesting point, though, what you say, because when I look back on Vancouver and I remember that selection camp where you invite all these guys, but it was fairly obvious for who was going to make it for that team, especially when it came to the goalies. And then 2014 comes up and it's still a big surprise to me because Mike Smith was chosen as the third goalie and technically his breakout season which I think that they looked a lot on was 2012 because 2013 was the short in the year. And then he wasn't having a fantastic year in 2014, but he was still selected. So I'm still confused sometimes on how the factors kind of go with this. Yo, he, he may make it by the way. He could also be in there for second or third goalie. If you think about Alex it, Smith. he's been good. Yeah. He could honestly. Probably. I have a feeling, I don't I know why Darcy Kemper, I have a feeling I mean, I you know, when you're behind Colorado, yeah, you're probably going to look good. And not to mention, he just is good. Mm-hmm. I'm just disappointed in Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, I think we all are a little bit. Um, Some other players that you know are going to be looking for Olympic spots. This guy's just been so, so vocal about this, and people always go after him. But he's had a great start to the year. That's Drew Doughty. Um, he's been there with their and Anzi Kopitar. Now, I just want to—I want to just think of something here quickly. So the Habs have have started the year zero and four, right? Yeah. And Alex just just throws this in the dock and sends it to the group text saying, <laughs> "So in Jeff Merrick's show, they were mentioning the Phil Deneau thing, and I just text Alex saying, are you trying to make me mad?'" <laughs> Says no. So no. let's just let's just so Daniel, Daniel, can I just ask you something here? Yeah. So so the Habs haven't won the game to start the year. The no. king, the media are pumping Dino's tires again. You know, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Um, you know, all, all that's happening. You know, Montreal lose probably one of their most unique forwards. Haven't lost a game, but you know. I love it. I can't wait, by the way, that everyone ripping Bergevin last year is going to be hired next year in LA, and they're going to be like, good hire! Because that's how it works. That's but no, you know what? Seriously, um, what a great start to the year for LA. And honestly, it was thanks to Phil Deneau. A big part of why I said the Kings were going to be a big factor in the Pacific this year. When can we officially declare the return That's, of yeah. elite Drew Doughty? Um, more than eight days. Yeah, but yeah, he was good it. last year. It's just you know, he just I, wasn't I, like you know 2012. No. Oh, yeah. When you're like eight years older, nine years. Well, yeah. You got to think of it like this. We're always so quick to say to a goalie, he was on a bad team. But Dowdy was just sort of like everyone said, nah, he's toast. Yeah, his numbers are bad, declining, even though he went from, you know, this co- this team that won like two cups in three, four years to the bottom feeding Kings are in there for the lottery every year. And everyone was like, oh my God, why is his number so bad? Yeah. I wonder why. That's just me, though, but. I don't want to rub salt in the wood, obviously, but like I, I genuinely believe in the Dino effect. Um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in it uh, just because what it does is it just relieves pressure, defensive pressure, especially from the surrounding guys. And I think we're kind of seeing the effects of that in both cities, in both LA and Montreal, where it allows Anze Kopitar to be free more offensively because what was behind Anze Kopitar before Philip Deneau in recent years, not a lot. Andreas Athanasiu. Gabe Velarde. Jeff Carter. 
young guys. Velarde was always hurt. So so it's either young guys or really old guys, right? And it's like not none of them were especially defensive, defensively sound the way Dano is. And I think bringing Dano in not only does it help Kopitar, but it helps the guys below him because. It just allows Dino to take all the five-on-five defensive pressure, which is what he did in Montreal. And and I think I'm not. I don't want to downplay the skill of the guys in Montreal, but I think there is a. They need to kind of figure it out. I would say the best way to put it is they need to to adjust. What? they, well, they haven't have adjusted. A, well, they haven't won. They need to adjust. No, no, but I, I can't wait. The, by the way, for Bergevin to go to LA next year and say, "Yeah, Phil Deneau's worth the money." That son of a bitch. Oh no, sorry. Go on. I'm not just, that they. I've need been to, so mad all of, day about this. Of course, they need to adjust, uh, or they need to adjust without him. And the thing was, they had this. They had the time to, or the coaching team system team had the time to do this. They knew Philip Deneau was not going to be there. And they it's still like this. It's on both the players. In my opinion, it's on both the players and the coaches to figure this out, obviously. It was the most obvious for me where, yeah, you you take a big hit to your center depth. The Christian Devorak trade was really good. But then it just went back to that same thing where, all right, how we fill this gap? Ryan Paling. You know, we've tried this again. We've tried it before. Let's try to do something with him. And then I think it's just what Montreal needs to do is a lot of the guys that they had there that had the potential to take on bigger roles, the guys that have have tried to do something with their minutes, just you just haven't seen that oomph yet from them. Well, you've seen some oomph. It's just been downwards. Um, it's kind of been like when you take a souffle out the oven, you're like, wow, this is great. But then somebody closes a door too loud and it just sinks to the bottom. I think I once described on this podcast watching Montreal's power play. It's kind of like watching a balloon deflate because it's like, oh, I've got this big balloon. I'm so excited. It just slowly goes. And it's just it's sad by the end of it. You're disappointed. It's like eating um, McDonald's. What? It's like eating McDonald's. Yeah, it's like it, the you first feel, good, the first yeah. bite is good, but the more you go, it's just like I don't it's know like, what I've done. <laughs> like, did I? By the I, end of it, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> it's just. Did I, did I actually feel my hunger? <laughs> yes, and it's just, but you just know you're gonna regret it in the morning. Exactly. Cause you're just gonna look at yourself in the mirror. You're gonna be like, I could have just made a salad, but <laughs> I wanted nuggets anyway. So the Habs are 0-4. Yeah. They had a strong start against the Leafs. Uh, ultimately did not come on top of that. They had a stinker of a game against the Buffalo Sabres. Played a pretty good game to the Rangers, but sort of had some defensive breakdowns, couldn't score in any of the three games. But it was probably their best game of the season. Um, and then they go home again. They play San Jose, and once again, they just lay an egg as a compliment. I don't know how to describe just how poor those games were, but remember how I told you guys I haven't felt like it's a new season, it's just a continuation of last year? Mm -hmm. 
you can't imagine when I look at the season, I realize there's 78 games left of this. And just the pain that it feels. So right now, the Habs have the worst power play in the league. Do you guys know what percentage is it? it is? Five. Uh, it's like five. Zero! Oh, yeah. Oh. That's the obvious <laughs> They answer. have not scored a power play goal. <laughs> They're what? 0-12, I think I saw. Now that you it's say 13. it. It's 0-13. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. 0-13. Has it been Jake Allen and Nett the whole, like, for all four No, Mambo was there for Buffalo. Okay. So Allen has not been the problem. Allen's been good. It's just, you know, just look around him. So their power, sure, their their PK is fourth worst in the league. It's around 58%. Okay. I'm not going to repeat everything I yelled about last episode because it's just annoying. But Mark Bergerman spoke today all of a sudden. Wanted to see everyone, apparently. No reason else, but he spoke. Wasn't um, that weird to you? Like, he just, no, you're 0-4, no. and now you're going to so come it was, out? It wasn't weird that he showed up. I wasn't. When I saw it, I was surprised. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But it was more when he's like, yeah, I'm just here because I wanted to see everyone. I was kind of like, yeah, sure, okay. Um, the big two, well, there's three kind of things here. First off, no panic moves are coming. Yeah, I get that. That's actually, let's be honest. If Montreal, are, like, if this continues, like, let's just be honest here. If Bergevin leaves and this team is in the state it's in, it's not the worst state, like Buffalo. Like, there are young players there. There are guys locked up. It's not the worst thing. So I I wouldn't make a panic move. Um, there was the fact that for some reason, despite the team not winning, he was asked about his contract, said in the perfect world, I'd love to be in Montreal. Perfect world. I would have lied to see Andre Markov retire a half instead of going to the KHL, but we're, we'll ignore that, won't we, Burge? 990. 990 games. 990 games, Burge. And he says that him and Ducharme solve problems with the team in training camp. Now, we can't excuse the way the players are playing. Um, we can't um, ignore the fact that Jonathan Druin is the only forward to score the goal. Um, but I don't think we can either ignore the fact that if they saw those problems, that in a month, they could not sort them out. That is on everyone. It just, there is literally nothing going right in the, in the, in the city of Montreal right now. There is nothing positive to speak of except for Jonathan Druitt. That is, I like, like, how do you, what do you do? And, and and there's I don't know like you signed the guy to a three year the coach to a three year extension despite yes I get he brought you to the Stanley Cup final yeah but he, he Adam, couldn't get rid of him he couldn't but I but I know but Adam Wilde said it they played their best hockey not under Dominic Ducharme last uh, in the playoffs they played their best hockey without the their head current head coach. Okay, I want to double check that because Adam seems to hate that guy. What I remember, he was gone for some of the Vegas series. Was Dom gone for all of Winnipeg? I need to double check. This. It was for a few of them, right? Like, yeah, it was Luke Richardson, was, right? Yeah, I just I can't remember exactly when Richardson left because I want to be fair to Dom here, even though I kind of hate that it took him this long to separate Sherrod and Weber. But like, I. I like, let's be honest here. Like, you guys know I'm not a fan of Dom Ducharme. But mm-hmm. I just, I just, I want to be fair to him because I don't think we're going to be very positive about Dominic Ducharme for a lot of this season. But, like, sure. let's not forget that 
the way they started playing in that Leaf series was under him. And again, Correct. you sweep and then you beat Vegas in six. Let's not forget, like, Dom Ducharme may not have been on the bench, but he was talking to the team constantly. That's all I want to say. But then here's the problem is what if, like, they said they fired Richardson. I doubt it's going to happen, unfortunately. So they, they fired Ducharme. No. You know why it doesn't matter how well they played under Richardson? Because he's not going to get the job. No. Because he doesn't yeah, speak French. I know, I know, I know. Like, was it that, just, um, it oh, yeah, Randy Cunnyworth, I remember that. Yeah, it was it was Molson saying it was the worst mistake ever made. Was Cunnyworth being coach because he wasn't remember they had to apologize because Kirk Muller was coach for the bubble for like three games. Oh yeah. Discussion we'll have <laughs> for another day, but I'm pretty sure we've had the discuss whatever. It's I All I can think not, of right now yeah, is go ahead. just restructure the lines and just like I mean you're at a point now where just look for combinations that work. That um, going back yeah. and forth with everything and just try it. Alex, go ahead because I'm just going to quickly find because um they did shuffle some lines at, uh, at practice. Today. I'm going to go get okay. them up. I thought I had them, but I closed them by accident. Like, obviously, you can't, you're not going to fire the guy you just signed a three-year extension to. Like, that's kind of out of the question. God, I wish they would, though. The first opportunity I can really see him being fired, like, just because we're talking about it, I don't want him to be fired, is – at the end of the season, if Mark Bergeron does not resign, because they're going to bring in a new guy, and if he starts the season poorly, Ducharme, someone else is coming in. Like that's just how GMs are. Like we've seen it, we've seen it time and time again. We've seen it in Toronto. The only place in recent memory that it really hasn't happened is in Pittsburgh, and they did. Like, it's still Mike Sullivan. Like that's the only recent example I can think of. I think he has the championship pedigree, though. Like, right. He came like, in and a, just won two rings right away. Right. There's a different, there's a bit of a difference there. It's just, I'm watching them play and I'm reading what people are saying. And it's just baffling to me that we're really in this situation. You know who's one example, actually, Alex? Who? That of a coach that no matter how poorly they were doing, they kept him on for as long as they could. Michelle Terrian? Uh, Lindy Ruff in Buffalo. Because he was there even when they were getting really bad. Sure. When did they fire him? Because um, just thinking, it's like like Lindsey Ruff might have been like the last like like seriously tendered coach in Buffalo, right? Because then it just became a a carousel of both coaches and GMs, right? Uh, um, in f- 2013, February of 2013. That is ridiculous to think. And just thinking of everyone who's come through since. Anyway. So these are the lines at Habs practice today. Obviously, Allen and then Matinbo, Matinbo behind them. Kulak, Petrie, nice. Sherratt, Weidman, Romanov, Savard, Sami Niku is the seventh defenseman. Um, the uh, extra forwards were Pat Cat and Adam Brooks. The fourth line was Evans, Armia, Lekkonen. The third line was Perot, Caulfield, Toffoli. Second line is Stuart Drew and Anderson, to, um, Drew and Anderson, Dvorak. First line Suzuki, Hoffman, Gallagher. It's weird. That's a but it, like their changes. It's really funny. It, it's kind of when you think about it. Remember um, when Dom Ducharme was was first kind of brought in as coach, and there was that end of the season where he couldn't go like two games without changing his lines. And it took him to this point. Like, you got to think now that, like, the Habs sort of PR right now is kind of, it's this weird thing that now it's like this public back and forth, but it's kind of like, 
it's not it's not a coincidence, obviously, that the, the season started off so poorly. Rumors about Bergman going to LA start. Rumors about Waugh talking to Molson start. And then all of this is coming to a head when they play Carolina. And yes, Barry Kakiemi comes back to town. They have to win that game, right? Like, do you guys see the attendance in, at the Bell Center for the game against San Jose? It was 16,000. Around there, I yeah. Saw, yeah. Reminder that the capacity for the Bell Center is 21,000. Yeah. Madame et Monsieur, um, Montreal, when the Habs are bad, uh, they just don't go. So I keep uh, forgetting they, um, the capacity or so, because I've been watching a lot of baseball lately. Yep. And then their capacity is like, oh, 37,000. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I always forget. I'm like, oh my gosh, 16,000 out of 37,000. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. really bad. Yeah. 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 It's odd. What is it like? It's like the Bell Center and the United Center are like the two ones that are like 21, 20 ish thousand. And I think. I think so. I think most other arenas are like 17,000, I think. I want to say Winnipeg's maybe even 16, but then the way it's built is it just like the noise just intensifies really, really well there. But um, yeah, so the Montreal Canadiens kind of need to win. Do you know what? I'm actually really curious because you would probably think Montreal needs to add another centerman. And I was thinking, like, maybe a guy who's not super flashy but still has a bit of offensive potential you could probably put into a middle six role. Um, I was kind of thinking, like, is Dylan Strome not a decent bet? Like, think about that, right? It's bet. a, it's yeah. a bet. Is the issue is you don't know, you don't know what you're getting, and this would be the second time around where it's well, we need a, he needs a change of scenery. That's, that's the if I'm Montreal and I want to make the playoffs, I think it would be a good bet to make. But I don't know if it's the bet Montreal should make because it's a bet. I think Montreal needs a sure thing. Is mm-hmm. would be what I is what I would say. Plus, like to end the season last year, he was not playing center. Really? Oh, yeah, because they weren't trusting him anymore. And now ah, they cool. don't want to play him not at center. Awesome. How old is he again? Twenty four. I'd like to know. I'd like to know. Then again. Let's let's give him the dowdy treatment. The Blackhawks are bad. I don't think they're playing today. I want to watch one of their try and like catch one of their games just to see. But like a bet, like I'm just thinking, like if it's a cheap enough guy, like just go and try something here because, like I even Eric, like I wonder what the price is with Eric Branstrom right now. Like not even hundred percent saying Montreal go after that, but that's a guy right now that. And I, you know, I just, I, I've always kind of been thinking lately, um, how many guys are just going to get a change of scenery because maybe mentally the last year and a bit's been so rough, but they're just going to pop somewhere. But I've been thinking about lately, how many of those players are just going to sort of come out and it's like, boom. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, not just like a Stroh Logan Brown Brandstrom, really. but well, no, Logan Brown has been struggling for majority of his career, not just the past year and a half. You would have expected him to be in the league for a couple of years by now, but I think we're going to see a few guys who had poor seasons last year not and and do well. Like the guy I'm th- the guys I'm thinking of are these in Pittsburgh at least are their the defensive pairing alone of Patterson and Marino, who yep. didn't have yeah, a great year last that. year. Yeah. But I can just see like how from how players have talked, how mentally tough it had been. I can really see those two guys specifically having bounce back years. 
I need Patterson to have a good year or just flat bad year so people can make up their minds on if he's good and bad. Because yeah. as for people flip so often on that guy, it's like, listen, he's probably good. But, you know, just Pittsburgh are a weird team. Pittsburgh, are, it's like we can rehab Cody Cece and he looks great for us. And then it's like, yeah, but Patterson's not like, yeah, they can figure yeah. it out. It's just Pittsburgh. All right. We've been teasing you for weeks. Daniel. Yes. What did you think of All or Nothing? The Amazon Leaf series. How did it feel? How was it? What was your favorite part? What did you like? What did you maybe not like? Are you sad that it's not coming back? Okay, um, I will go through my list of things, and then I'll give you the final verdict afterwards. Okay. On it. So, what I really liked. And there's quite mm-hmm. a few things I actually really liked about the series. The first thing was, and I know that it was not the biggest stretch, but the personality to certain players. And what I mean by that is, I guess, like their backstory, just how they are. And they really emphasize the Jack Campbell, nice guy kind of thing. They did, yes. And what I liked about that was something I've been talking about probably for so long ever since he came to Toronto was those subtle flashbacks they had to him on his draft day. And just the jerseys he wore like throughout the years as he tried to make it back into the NHL. I really thought that was a great touch. So mm-hmm. that was amazing. Um other like personalities too, just like it reaffirmed why I like William Nylander where, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to show it all the time, but like that flashiness he has to his game also kind of translates to his personality off the ice, especially the way he dresses as well. And just yeah. the way he kind of jokes around. I really like that. Um, Some other like little ones too is that bonding part. I know it's a very small one, but it was a good one where, it gives more depth towards what you see with that second pairing now. So like when Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin were golfing at like that makeshift, um, that makeshift uh, course kind of thing where it's like, well, this is the only thing open during COVID. We got to make the most out of it. It looks like my neighbor's backyard. I really like that part. Um, it kind of just kind of shows to like, I guess that extension I mentioned of like what goes off the ice and how that kind of, kind of like gets into like the coach's like strategy of what he wants to do in terms of, okay, what works the most in terms of our chemistry? And one more thing, and I know it's it's a bit of on a sad part to it, but like the whole Frederick Anderson thing, like I, it's nothing new to me, but it just kind of re, refreshing myself to how it kind of all ended in Toronto because I had so much enthusiasm for him coming here. And when he did come here, it's like, yeah, the Ducks just came off like the conference finals. Um, he was looking like, he was going to be the guy for a while. You know, I, I said to myself five years, I thought it was going to be like three years of what, what did they say? Like growing pains. I remember that. And then they were going to be competitive and probably they will resign him. But I know that like they overplayed him, the injuries, he couldn't really overcome it. And seeing that mental factor of it now. So I guess the end note for that is he will probably go down as probably one of my favorite goalies ever to play for Toronto or one of my favorite goalies ever. He played for the Ducks. He played for the Leafs. And he's up there for me with like Ed Belfour. He was incredible. Those first few years. If they didn't have Ron Hainsey on the first pairing and Roman Polak on the third, I I just imagine. If we had this defense core in year one, per se, like with that Freddie, I feel like it would do damage. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still weird to me seeing him in Carolina. 
like looking at that. So yeah, those were like some There's of the things I really liked about it. Um, one more thing I really did like about it is it's something I've been so curious about before, and that's the whole waiver wire. Like it reminded me of Moneyball, where it's just like, hey Jimmy, yeah, you've been placed on waivers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then like it, it, there's so many questions in that that small segment that were answered. It's like, oh, do I still report to practice tomorrow? It's like, <laughs> yeah, but if you're claimed, then I'll like I'll come to you and I'll, I'll get you off the ice. Yeah, it was brutal. That that was actually really hard to see. Where even when like Sheldon Keith was talking to him on the ice, and you could kind of tell his body language, the way he was trying to get everything from it, it just he's like he just didn't want to be there. He just. Yeah. Like the one part with that was when he's like, "Oh, I played this one great game against Montreal." He's like, "Yeah, I'm not talking about the one game, Jimmy. I'm talking about your season. Where you see your season going?" They did them dirty, man. They They really like. They did not. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Yeah, Jimmy VC, man. Yeah, that was uh, not a great showcase for him. Yeah, and I guess that flashback thing too, where it's like this hyped up prospect kind of guy, where you know, it just. It just that's it's so weird. Like when it comes to guys who are not first round picks, what they become like NCAA stars. Just like what's the trajectory there? Where you'll see all these guys coming into the NHL, you see all these bidding wars. It's the same thing with Justin Schultz, and then they. It's not like they're super bad players per se, but it just it's like the expectations have to be curbed for these types of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So to what I did not like, and. They're, they're, they're pretty subtle stuff, but um, the F-bombs from Sheldon Keith, because like, <laughs> I think like, I, I, I get, I get it. It's in all sports. It's in all locker rooms. Everyone is going to swear. Right. But I think like when he wanted to get his point across, he used too many of them. I think like there's certain amount of F-bombs you can use in motivational speeches, or if you're angry at your team that will pump them up and get your message across. But like he sometimes used three of them in one sentence that I'm like, okay, wait, like if I'm a player on the bench, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll is just he, go up is there he still mad. Is he, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or like, there's not really many, um, like there's not a lot of variety with the F bombs. Like he's mad on the ice and then they win. And then he uses as many F bombs as he did when he was mad. When they're celebrating a win, like Joe Thornton, for example, he spaced out the f bombs. His cadence up, put in the part. You bring up Joe Thornton, please tell me you like that scene. I love Joe Thornton, like with I, Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah, that one was so <laughs> funny. Ashamed for you. <laughs> just what a guy. I, it, again, too, just and it's just looking now like he got suspended yesterday, but I, I one year, but like I was excited when he came back. Where. He mentioned like his kids are happy to see the grandparents because they live in St. Thomas, that the wife supports him wherever they go. Because I know that they they met each other in Switzerland during the, the lockout. And it, it was just a great family story. Because I remember as a little kid going to St. Thomas, because I remember the Thomas the Tank Engine thing there. Uh, apparently Yo, it's a talk big... about childhood, by the way. Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah. yeah. He used to have a little bowl of his. Love it. And it was cool because... When he made that reference, it, re- it reminded me of when I was a little kid, and he was on the Sharks already at this point. But every street had a banner of him on the Bruins, and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what do I? What else did I did not like? Um, just two things. It's not really that bad, but it's like the music. I really did not like the music because it's just it's the same. 
cliche music you get at like pregame warmups or at like fan events. It's just like the top 100s or just, I don't like when I was like listening to it or they were like showing like, oh, like this cool play or what's happening. It's like, does Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner even listen to these songs? Do you know what I mean? It would be cool if, like, if they were a team that had custom goal songs and you could do it. I think, Daniel, you're probably the first person I'll say that I've heard Atsy talk about the music of it. I won't lie. That's got to be the most journalism thing (laughs) we we could say about the episodes. (laughs) No, it's just kind of like run-of-the-mill. Yeah, it's like (laughs) run-of-the-mill kind of stuff where just, I don't know, it's fine. Uh, Two more things. And the other one is, I know it's... It's, it was COVID times. It was like a lot worse than what we're experiencing now. But every episode, and I understand like if you're talking to a Toronto audience, you're talking to like diehard hockey fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like wherever they are in Canada, you understand the big market pressure of Toronto. But like if you're going to take the time to describe like the origin stories of all these guys, where they were drafted, what they're what going on, like what their number is, why they like and so forth, right? Like, give a bit more context about the big market pressure, especially, like, when there's no fans in the arena cheering for you, right? Like, if you're going to keep saying that it's, like, as something that we should know already, then I think, like, that's something that kind of limits the audience in a way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one last thing, and it's, it's, it's such a tiny, tiny thing. <laughs> but Will Arnett saying we... When he meant the Leafs playing, it's like, yeah, we, we, we didn't do well, or it was tough there, or like his narration was good, but it just kind of went in between like being very serious about it and then just trying to do that like joking stuff he did when like Arrested Development, like it just reminded me of that, or mm-hmm. those cell phone commercials he does where the tone doesn't change, but like he adds in like a subtle one or two jokes in there. It really kind of took me out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Um, in conclusion, I would give this a probably an eight point one out of ten. Why Where's the point one? I don't know. I just don't want to get the Phil Castle effect. Or, yeah, the Phil Castle effect. <laughs> the Phil Castle effect. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, thank you, Daniel. It was well worth the wait. You all now have all three of our thoughts about all or nothing. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if one day we look back on it and sort of compare it's like here's what was what was going on and here's what's happened all these years later with it. Be nice if again if another team went back and was like, hey, we'd like to do this, but you know, hockey. Who knows? Um just before, another Yeah, go before ahead. Before you go move ahead. on, there's breaking news or it's forty-four okay. minutes old. Uh Mike Smith has been placed on the IR. Ooh, oh that's not uh and they recalled Stuart Skinner. Oh Always yes, back. Beck was talking about that. Yeah. Yo, shout out to the Oilers, by the way. What are they? Three and zero. I Mc- believe so. Yeah. Yo, McDavid having a hattie against the the, the Flames because you'll have to see that to start the year. What a great guy. Okay. Um, in Leafs news, um, they have a hard fought loss. Probably were the better team against the Rangers. Ends up going overtime, and uh, one of the craziest overtimes probably the last couple of years. To be honest, that was it was really fun not seeing. Coachified, I think we can say um, three on threes again, if you know what I mean. Not hanging back, hanging back, but trading chances it was a lot of fun. Um, but the big story Austin Matthews is back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Good. Alex, 
what is this dream top six that you have for the Leafs now that he's back? Okay, so I figured it out. I just I made some I made some alterations mm-hmm. um, to what they have. So right now it's Richie Matthews, Marner, Bunting, Tavares, Nylander. I moved some things. I moved some guys around. I think Kerfoot and Nylander play really well together, and I really like Nylander with Matthews. So it's Kerfoot, Matthews, Nylander. I'm gonna keep Bunting up there. Obviously, that that. He is a guy that can be switched, but I go back to the Bunting uh, Tavares Marner line mm-hmm. and see what happens. Like it was really disappointing not to see Mitch Marner play f- fantastic next to John Tavares, and then last night be a different beast alongside Matthews. Like it's disappointing. I can't say it's not, but it's a small sample size. I'd like to see what they look like in that formation. Cause I think Kerfoot and Nylander look really well together. And I really like Matthews and Nylander together. Like that's just my, that's my thing. I like Mm it. I like where bunting, he could kind of play with either center and I'm just going to make this. Okay. This is just one point. And I just don't like the comparison to it. Yeah. Because a lot of things were when Michael bunting does something. Well, there's so many articles, there's so many comments where it's like, okay, well, you know, it's not exactly Zach Hyman, but and then like so forth like just appreciate the guy appreciate michael bunting for what he's been able to do so far how about this is what michael bunting brings to the table not so here's what he does compared to that he's gone he's gone i'm so so sick of it so it's just yeah god he's in edmonton now bunting's good i think plus bunting's a way more of a rat than hyman by the way yeah. Like Hyman's a pass, but like Bunting's a rat. Like you know, a he's just a rat. Rat. Desert oh, rat. Yeah. Is that a thing? Desert rats. Yeah. Get it? No. no. He played for the Coyotes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like a Kachina. You would have said a Kachina, but you hate their jerseys. Oh, yeah. I don't. I never said I, I hated took, it. I think yes, they took did. the cactus out. I think they took the cactus out. I like to say I didn't What's get to say point? it last. I didn't get to say it last time. But I love that. For one, like, okay, they had Phil Castle of the promotion for the jersey. Good. Mm-hmm. And then the second promotion was Louis Erickson. I Why? love that. I just, I See, just, so out of all the See, players, they picked Louis Erickson. That's how you get the Twitter memes that you get the Louis Erickson fan account to retweet that in Vancouver. He goes nuts. That's actually pretty okay. smart. I like that. I like that a lot. That's how you get the Twitter audience on board. The Coyotes are having fun. Chickering's just there, like, yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, Phil, not to mention. Use Phil as much as you can before you trade him because you know that's going to happen. Okay. Um, goalie, we had a, a sort of a, another sort of a few examples when it comes to goalie contracts. We, you know, obviously uh, Elvis Mers Lincoln's in that, had just had his contract. Corpusala will be up this year. Cal Peterson had one. Um, and going to 32 Thoughts, that was released a few days ago. Good old Elliot Freeman. Thought 22. Uh, Morgan Riley's agent, free agency gets the attention in Toronto, but it won't be long before attention swings to Jack Campbell. Cal Peterson's three-year, $50 million uh, extension in L.A. raises the bar if um, Campbell continues to carry the load. Um, first off, yeah, I like how Elliot's like, yeah, it's not the attention yet, but I'm probably going to start it here. Um if he plays the way he does, wouldn't he probably get more than Peterson? Um. Well, I guess I, I, I guess oh, it's yeah. just very scary to think about that. Um, because 
he's played 90 games. Peter Pedersen or Peterson, sorry, has played 56 games in the NHL. I think we had that discussion. Um, but Campbell's played 90. It's so weird to think. Feels like he's been around for so long. Technically has, but just you know what I mean. He's had the thing. It's just he hasn't like had the role to play too many games, right? But he's yeah. always just sort of been there in the back. Would he have taken over as backup when like Jonas Enroth left? As in L.A. days, obviously. It was probably I don't know because all right, still... never never mind. Forget forget L.A. Forget it's crazy about. L.A. Like right now, how many guys? Okay, like we'll we'll talk about Jack Campbell, but it's just crazy for me when I'm looking back now on how many backups that they have had for Jonathan Quick that all became like pretty good starters everywhere else. Like What's Campbell, like Bernier. Bernier, Darcy Kemper. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those didn't he end up what was it what was Kemper's thing? Like, yeah, it was LA. Then wasn't he like Dubnik's backup in the wild for a bit? Or I think it was someone else. Oh no, he was drafted by Minnesota. Oh. Then he went to LA and then LA traded him to Arizona. Goalies are weird. Goalies are so weird. They just show up out of nowhere and it's like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Campbell came in the season in the same season with Kemper and Quick. He fully took over, not, I guess, kind of took over the year after. Uh, and that was Peter Budai played three games that year. I forgot oh, yeah, and then he went Budai to the Lightning that. with, um, what's that guy's name again? It's not Lieber Hayek, the other defenseman. Oh, oh, oh. On the Eric Lightning. Cernak. Eric yes, Cernak. for uh, Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop, yes. yes. I apologize. I know they're both Czech. It's just... No, and they were both I, yeah. second. They were both high second round picks. Yeah. We don't acknowledge checks not named Thomas on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you, what do we expect of a of a Campbell deal though? Like looking at it, I mean, is it around five? Yeah. So th- I'll say this. This is different. I'll, I'll say why this is different than the defenseman stuff. Because I think you can group the defensemen together in different groups and you can say who's overpaid, who's young, et cetera. With this, there was just this large portion of goalies who got paid and they're all in kind of similar boats where they don't have many games played in the NHL. Yes, some of them played in the KHL and I think that's why those guys got paid. But there was like Peterson played 56 or 56 games and got paid. I'm like I just wonder if the precedent has been set for these goalies, mm-hmm. uh, and if it has, then yeah, then it's got to be somewhere around there. Like Jack Campbell's thirty; he's not signing an eight-year deal, nor do I think the Leafs want to sign him to an eight-year deal. Main reason, somewhere between three and five years, maybe I can imagine. So maybe it's more like you look towards. Well, obviously. If you're looking at comparable sake, uh, I'm just going to quickly go double check some of them because I'm thinking Elvis, but Elvis is a little younger. Yeah. And I mean, everything changes. Plus, if, if if Campbell continues to have the year he's having right now, by the way, and he picks it from last year, and if it's like Vesna caliber, then maybe he looks towards like a, a Bennington number. I don't see him getting like Markstrom, obviously, but it's early, but at least we can start to see that. It may be wide, but around like five to six. Maybe. Like, I can't see him getting less than that, right? Especially, like, if you see Morazic at, like, what is he, 3 point... I want to say 3.2 for some reason? Yeah, around there, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. If he takes over the net, it's obviously going to be like, okay, you're going to pay me now. You're going to pay me. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else we want to touch on on the Leafs? Or? Uh, no, nothing's really. They haven't played since last yeah. time uh, Last time we recorded. They play again on Friday against San Jose. That'll be fun. The Sharks. William Eklund is a player, by the way. That's a that's a nice player right there. Really yes, nice yes. player. They. I hate that they got that player in the draft. Okay, we're going to get to this really quickly because we have been neglecting to talk about these contracts for a while now. The Islanders um, have locked up some of their best defensemen, and it's sickening. Now it's Ryan Pulak. Um, it's an eight-year deal. It's worth $49.2 million. The AAV is $6.1 million. I hate it, um, but it's so Islanders. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really good that you got your top two, like two of your best defensemen, whether they're good at all, like they're just good defensemen for $12 million. The PP pair. So, wait, wait. So I'm just going to do some quick math. Okay, so 11, okay, and then you throw like eight, rounded up to 20 million, seven. San Jose play, uh, pay half their defensive core 27 million. Yeah. Between Vlasic Burns and Carlson. Yeah. That's hilarious. I, I just think I think I really like this deal. If mm-hmm. I'm being honest, like, yeah, I know it starts next year and he'll probably, he'll be 28, which it'll take him to 36. But by the time we get there, it won't matter. Yeah. Especially if they won the cup. Yeah. Which they might like, who knows? It's- it's funny to think the Islanders may be a better team this year than they were last year. They haven't all got off to the best start, but adding some like decent pieces. I mean, Parise, like as a depth guy, instead of just being like relied upon at the top of your unit, I think is I think it's a fair, fair deal. See what Dobson looks like this year too. <laughs> they added guys at the deadline, right? They added Palmieri and we're like, well, they're not gonna keep him. Yeah, like he's did. just here for the playoff run. And then they Mystery. lose Eberly and then replace him with Kyle Palmieri, essentially. Somehow younger, even though I still don't believe that. <laughs> and their defense, too. Like, the last two years, like, I know they traded Nick Letty. He wasn't really having the big role there anymore. And then, remember, they traded Devon Taves. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, man. But the Islanders just keep on chugging along. Keep on chugging along like Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine. <laughs> Another <laughs> fair deal. I'm actually kind of surprised this guy ended up settling where it was for only four years. This is Matthias Ekholm. Um, he and his camp put pressure on the Preds to get this deal done before the season starts. It's a four-year deal. It's worth $25 million. The AAV is 6.25. I just think that's such a fair deal for Matthias Ekholm. It just, it's good in that regard, and I can accept the Preds doing this. Until they don't trade Philip Forsberg and it doesn't go anywhere with that team. Because that might happen. I didn't get the deal. Well, I know that he wanted to stay and this is the market he knows. But I still don't know what Nashville's trying to do. Like, I know that maybe they're just trying to get all that money they have right now and just trying to go with it. But Competitive you know, trying- transition, Daniel. Because we, I don't know, you, like you trade Ryan Ellis and then what do you expect from there? Ah, there it is. There it is. Like I get holding on to one player because you have to be careful of not firestorming. But like if they don't move on from one to then get a big piece, like and I mean besides just what they got for um why can't I never remember his name? I can never do it. Victor Super Arvidsson? fast player, Victor Arvidsson, thank you. Yeah. Um like if they don't 
full out Forsberg for something, then I'm looking back on the steal and I just don't get it. But like, even for a trade chip, having a player at this caliber for less than 6.5 in this defensive economy, I don't have too much to complain about it. No, I, I like, I like the deal. Again, I agree with Daniel. I don't really understand it. Um, it's just, you bring up Philip Forsberg, who's also UFA at the end of the year. And then I look at the rest of the roster. And if I'm being honest, there's not a whole lot of trade chips. Like you're not Duchesne and Johansson, unless miraculous, miraculously they change, you're not trading them. Like you can't. And the rest of the roster, like you're going to trade Mikhail Granlund, who has three more years left, or oh Colton Sissons, who has four more years left. Like they're just guys on the roster who I don't see have the value for a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. And I thought, good. how much could you have gone for Matias Ekholm? I say, like I said it with Ryan Ellis, but how much? Like it, it could have been ridiculous. It could have been. Weren't they asking for? Oh, sorry. sorry, no. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. No, it just it's just a random thing. Where it just it just mm-hmm. crazy to me that for so long, this is a team that it's like only if we had center depth. And they go out and spend all their money on centers that are just not panning out. Like I, I'll even add Cal Turris to that as well. Oh, I feel so bad that it hasn't worked out for that guy, by the way. Like even yeah. in Edmonton, I feel so bad for him. Um, but hey, Nashville, just sort out what you're doing. Uh one more note on let's see, we got two more defensemen to really talk about here. Mark Giordano has been named captain of the Seattle Kraken. This is just me. I don't think you name your first captain in franchise history and plan to trade him at the deadline no. that's just me i know that's been asked a lot lately you're not like the habs or san jose don't mess around with your captaincy make it mean something please don't trade him let him retire as a kraken did that who was there who was oh god was, was it Ethan um, morrow it wasn't there, jason smith they both was, were captains yeah wasn't ference one too oh yeah or by misremember yeah andrew ference may have been captain, the captain yeah. And then it went from like Ferentz, it was like quiet, quiet, McDavid. Yeah. Unless I missed it, maybe Sam Gagne had it in there because Sam no. Gagne, but maybe he had a leather or something, who knows, but. It, yeah. Giordano! I, I can't see them trading them. It doesn't make sense. It literally would not, it doesn't compute in my head mm-hmm. why they would trade him. Number one, he's valuable to that team. You want to create a good good locker room presence say what you want about the last year in calgary uh his year in calgary because of how messy it was just overall mm-hmm. but i do think like he's what two or three years off removed from that norris season yeah weird can't be horrible and he's yeah. also one of those guys that you know what i mean like, he didn't play a lot in the nhl until he was a lot older mm-hmm. so i always try yeah. to view him where yeah, he may be like 37, 38, but he's actually 34, 35. It's the goalie effect. Yeah. It's the good, doesn't have the proper miles. Yeah. Okay. Um, another defenseman to talk about. Uh, the stars are kind of dumb. So, <laughs> okay. So, John Klingberg from, from Jeff Merrick, what have they called it? 32 thoughts on hockey night. Why does Ron need to be a part of that segment, by the way? Just. Let <laughs> Jeff set up Elliot. Like I, yeah. I really don't understand why why Jerome McLean's a part of that segment. I'm, yeah, they've. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, 
Um, and then Jeff Merrick just steals all the airtime. I loved that. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he reported on. Um, it's like I'm, I hate that we can't call it headlines anymore. On the the hockey night in Canada version of Thirty Two Thoughts, we'll just call one it Thirty Two Thoughts. It's one of the three times they one of the, on a weekly basis. One of the dozens of times those two talk to each other throughout <laughs> the week. Um, the so uh, reporting that John Klingberg wants a max eight year deal, and he was a, like the number is apparently between sixty two and sixty six million. So if you break that down, to AAV it's between seven point seven eight point two. Kind of wide, kind of silly. Um, we know what John Klingberg is, offensive defenseman. Um, probably going to make you know the team Sweden without a problem. He's Swedish, right? Not Finnish. It's everyone else on that defensive core who's Finnish. Yeah. Um. And a lot's been made that they've kind of done what St. Louis did. And at first I thought not as badly. You know, they bring in Yanni Hockenpah, um, all that kind of stuff. And then I was kind of like, oh, wait a minute. They signed 36-year-old Ryan Suter for four years. Now, There's the replacement. So, yeah, <laughs> so I don't understand what is with the NHL and GMs thinking that they can replace elite talent by committee because it just doesn't work. This is not Moneyball. It does not work like that. I very much agree. Agree with that. Like I just think I saw somewhere that you know they said Dallas. It's it's Dallas's uh, go for it. It's like no, it's been Dallas's go for it for a couple of years now, and what they they made it to the Cup final. Um, yeah. That's about, and questions about that, but whatever. I just don't see how removing John Klingberg and bringing in Yanni Hockenpah and Ryan Suter as essentially replacements, like you're going to bring someone else in that's going to cost less than John Klingberg and, repl- and replace his minutes. Now, I was about to see a silver lining here because Miro Heiskanen and Essa Lindell are signed long-term. But, yeah, it's a good point where what are they doing with Ryan Suter getting four years? So <laughs> and just sooner go on, Daniel, go looking on back on that, like looking at everywhere else on that roster where it's just – I don't know. It's just like they, so much money's tied to offense, but it's still lacking, I feel like, every time. What's the joke I always make? It's, oh, wow, Sagan and Ben are on 15-game goalless routes for the third time this year. So I just want to quickly talk about, so Yanni Hockenpah has been in the league for, this is his fourth season. Um, the most games he's played in the season was 21, uh, sorry, 2021 last year, obviously. I'm oh, sorry, it's 41 plus 15 because that we was traded. Um, put up four points. Cool. Um, very nice. Ryan Suter has not put up more than 50 points since 2015-16. I believe 51 is his career high. And John Klingberg, 40, 58, 49, 67, 45, 32, 36 on a team that can't score, and then back-to-back. The last time he played a full 82-game season was when he put up 67 points, and that was the year people were putting him in the Norse conversation. 40, 50 points if if he's healthy. Um, I don't know how you're going to replace that offense. Um, and listen, yeah, they're paying a bunch of forwards who can barely ever score. And at this point, Tyler Sagan, when do we start having about the conversation with Tyler Sagan about him being sort of, I hate the term injury prone, but 
Is is Tyler Sagan really a first line center anymore? Is that a hot take? That might be a hot take. I would I, still I, put him in the first line center role. I do. Is he one of the top centers in the league that he was three years ago per se? No. And I think injuries have a lot to do with that, but I don't know if I'm ready to say he's not a first line center. Just, that's just me. Like he's a first line center, but like, he's not like, I don't think he's a franchise center, but he's like, below a franchise center if that makes sense so it's like a bona fide first line center i'm saying center so many times <laughs> but he's not quite a second line center in like the conventional sense not in like a crosby malkin or a Tavares so, matthews kind of thing so, so there you go he's not as good as Tavares. he's not as good as malkin not as good as dry but he's better than sean monahan for example yeah so he's this weird like b plus a minus category yeah is tyler sagan because i wouldn't like i think we've become very in a way spoiled with the amount of one two punches there are across the league like matthews tavares um crosby malkin kuznetsov backstrom um go to tampa base point and stamkos the first couple of years like i i just think we have this new definition of this one b center but there's still this idea that a second line center exists. I would say. Listen, what what is it's uh, centermen are weird. Yeah. I don't even think people can universally agree of what a real number one center even is anymore because it's like the best centermen in the league are naturally the best players. So where is the normal middle ground? It just it's so confusing. Should have mentioned by the way, we're kind of radioing Merrick. He did say that. Klingberg wants to stay. They want him to stay. But that same thing was said about Alex Petrangelo. They right. gave all the money elsewhere and see what's happening right now. I, I pulled up I pulled up uh, the defensemen who are set to expire next year. And Ooh, the list of list. names isn't necessarily uh, outstanding. Because so many of them have signed extensions. So they're PK, Chris Letang, uh, Strawman, Ristolainen. The, like all these guys I have here have already signed extensions. So I'd expect something to be done quite soon. Did you say Chris Letang? Is a UFA at the end of this yeah. year, correct? But so he wants Malcolm. to stay in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So yeah, is Malcolm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm just, let's just, you know, wow, isn't that, that was, sorry, that's just very sneaky all of a sudden. Malcolm and Letang are up, eh? And Hampus Lindholm. Everyone talks about Josh Manson, but Hampus Lindholm is also up. He's just looking at it. It's like, mm, no, no, I'm going to make like $8 million. Yum, 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 yum. Exactly. And I'm sure he'll stay. able to stay healthy on that team. And he's a minute muncher. Yeah, I'm sure he'll stay in Anaheim. Important part of the defense. Dom Lachizan's a fan of him. I think a lot of people are. Yo, shout out to Rachel Jory dunking on the Habs today once they go 0-4 and being like, oh yeah, the cup final, this and that. Love your Henny 2020 hindsight there, by the way. Just complete, just bashing. You know I like her, like one of the best hockey minds, like, you know? But like just dunking at, like what great timing, what great 2020 vision. I'm not bitter. Get in there, Ilya Kovalchuk, Habs legend is the GM of Russia's Olympic team. Can he what also play? This? Is that allowed? I'll I do mean, the Thanos things. Like, fine, I'll do it myself when they're down by one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be so funny. Throws up. 
It's like, um, you know how, like, if you do, like, the campaign mode on NHL of, like, the the threes category, and it's like, oh, no, it's the second intermission. Here comes Owen Nolan. What? Wow. Oh, my God. That's going to be it. <laughs> oh, no, the checks are down. Here comes Yager and Placanics. Oh, no, is that David Krejci's music? <laughs> what I mean? Just imagine yes. that happens. Oh, my God, it's the shootout. Gretzky's coming out. He's finally getting his shootout shot. Could you imagine? Oh, imagine a, a, a shootout off, and it's it's the Swedes versus the Americans, and Oshi is like putting on the show, and the Swedes need so, need someone new, and they bring out they bring out Peter Forsberg, and he's still pulling off his one hand tucks. That'd be so cool. But I, I, Ilya Kovalchuk, I thought he was still playing. I did too. That's oh, why I was surprised. So Wait, hold on. We need to. I'm gonna go look this up. Quickly. I don't like think he's... he is. Um, I believe he is not under contract because remember he was supposed to be in the NHL two years ago. And then he kind of just didn't sign with the team. So, it's it. Plus, Plus he, you know, four this more is years with the doubles. Man. I don't understand what's going on, man. I love how he went back to playing the KHL last year. Um, still put up 16 points in 17 games played, man. Honestly, he still had a spot. Call me crazy. He still had a spot. Yeah, just not a, a three-year deal at six point two five. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, even I don't know when I looked at the Ryan Suter one too. Like, remember Vincent Lecavalier? Like, like you know, he Got was bought out oh, twice in like three years. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was. You know, near the end of his career with Tampa, the, Steve Eiserman buys him out, mm-hmm. and then for some reason the Flyers sign him for four years at like five million dollars, and he's Fillier. like thirty-six at the time. Because Philly are yeah. just mad lads, eh? Yeah. Please be good this year. Please be good. They had a they almost had a hell of a comeback that was totally undeserved versus Vancouver, but um, you know. Uh that was cleaned up in the shootout luckily, but Vancouver um Vancouver are weird this team. By the way, um it's not here but um Travis Hamnick being gone and now just more minutes to Myers and um and Pullman's going to be interesting. Okay. So Nikita Kucherov is hurt for Tampa Bay. Uh, but he will apparently be back before the playoffs because I think everyone was... I can only imagine how many calls Tampa and voicemails they had from the league. Now, I'm going to read you guys a pair of cap-friendly tweets here because this this does not mean that Tampa Bay are going to be off the hook here because they can still pull something kind of nuts off here. Okay, so Tampa placing Kucha Again, this is from Cap Friendly's Twitter account. Tampa placing Kucherov on LTIR and upping their salary pool by $9.5 million does not mean that they can go out and acquire active players totaling that amount. They would need to get back under that amount once he's ready to return, which sounds like it could be in a few weeks. But what Tampa could do with that space is acquire a player who's currently injured and also LTI eligible and who won't be back for the regular season. Hmm. Tampa could fit such a player under the cap, place them on LTI, and then activate them in the postseason when there is no cap. Now, I wonder who we're thinking, all thinking about I, at the I, same I, time. I am, I am not thinking of Jack Eichel, but it would, it would be pretty funny. I would rip my hair out and probably quit watching hockey, but... If you're so, if you're Tampa, like let's be honest, you could just say, okay, have Cal Foot, have all my prospects and picks, get Ico, get a three peat. Who would care? No, and you send like Alex Kalorn back. 
because you need yeah, but, for the cash. Yeah. For the cash, <laughs> trying to trade him for like eight years. Yeah, yeah. So I, they could pull something off here. They, they could. could do it. It would. It would just be nuts. I would so cry unfair. a little bit. I would cry. I would cry. I would would cry. you just stop the season there and just kind of give them the cup? I would give them the next like three cups. <laughs> just say, oh, we're not having seasons. <sighs> yeah. Or because like they because they just run out of cap stuff, then they just like flip. Then then what they do is to make room for him. They pull out some shenanigans to make up the room because there's going to be like 1.5 million they need to make up here. But that's when they get rid of Steven Stamkos in the offseason. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then they get I pieces back and they get pieces back for him because <laughs> Vegas will probably call and say we really need a center. And there's your center, and realize, Vegas. And then they realize he's a winger now and he can't play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and, and then exactly. it's then it's point Eichel Sorelli. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> oh god, it could happen. Corey Perry's playing first line minutes. It's just ridiculous. Man, the where fact he should he's on, be on that top be. line is that's that's making me mad. Man, God, they couldn't need they could really use him right now. I love that there was tweets where everyone said memories of 2011. Mm-hmm. What regard, he played sorry. on the first line. He won his uh, heart trophy and the, the oh, Rocket okay. Richard trophy that year. Yes. Not yes, bad. yes. Um, I'll tell you what's really annoying. Um, so there was this Greg Rashinsky um, tweet that I had saved, um, but it won't open for some reason. So I'm going to try and get it up here as I'm stalling. But basically what it is, it, it is tremendous news. Um, for the PHF, the Premier Hockey Federation, which I forgot is what they renamed themselves. That's basically the former NWHL. So they are going to make ESPN Plus, its exclusive U.S. broadcasting partner for this season, home to all 60 regular season games and the Isabel Cup playoffs. We've been saying, like, you know, I want to diss what... sort of what was going on with some of the women's leagues, but, like, Twitch was a cool idea, but Twitch is not a long... Twitch is, like, gamers. Like, you know what I mean? I have never once gone on Twitch to watch something that wasn't a live stream of a video game. You know, here's um, here's Ray Narvaez Jr. playing Pokemon Unbound. That's what I'm on Twitch for, but the fact that they have something here with ESPN Plus is, is so cool for them. Yeah. I think it's huge. Like, we've seen what... We've seen what ESPN has done for the NHL, and they've been partners for what uh, less than five months, mm-hmm. right? They did the draft and and free agency stuff, and that's the start of it. Like I think what they've done so far is incredible. So if they can replicate that for the women's game too, I think it will go long ways. And to have a system there or have a deal there already. I think that goes a long ways to also have one league because you have a base there already. And the most, most important part is the base without a base. It crumbles. I agree. Cause remember what Will Baldwin said, where when we look at the WNBA and how it's been so successful, I know it's not to the same extent because the NBA owns the WNBA, but to at least have that same platform you're going to give the women's league as you give the men's league with ESPN. I think that's big. And like what you said as well, Adam, like when they, when they announced that they were going to use Twitch, that was weird to me because the first thing you think about is just even for like live streams, I don't think 
of Twitch. I don't think of, oh, okay, like this is what I'm going to see. Like the majority of the content that I saw from the women's games, if you were not watching Twitch, is still Twitter. It's still Instagram. Like even I'm, I'm thinking back to like the only time I ever saw NWHL or no, C, CWHL, yeah. I'm going to get massacred. But, you know, yeah. the only time I ever saw like Sportsnet broadcast them were for like the finals. The only thing that was the was that the Kelly Cup or the Clarkson Cup was their finals, you know what I mean? So the fact that there's a better legit platform, it's cool. And again, you guys kind of touched on it. ESPN is have been broadcasting games for like a month and eight days for the actual season, and they are knocking it out the the park. And I'm I kind of love it. I really do. Yeah, good agree. for them. Agreed. Good for they're not having some silly round table when the camera's spinning around and it's oh all like gosh, it's yeah. like oh we're leaving notes on Kevin BX's door saying not to steal the host stats. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I again I just listen, ESPN are, are doing it right. I'm not gonna let Charles I'm on team Charles Barkley. Do you guys ever <laughs> watch The Room? No? No. Wait, the one you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Yeah, there's a part where um I don't know, my friend just keeps referencing it because um Usually when like someone tries to do a joke and then uh, the thing is like, they would just oh, what a story, Mark. I was going to say that, but with the Kevin BX thing, but um, I just want to make sure the reference is, uh, is um, what's that word again? Uh, uh, relevant. Relevant. There you go. Hey, okay. I was going to say credible. Credible. Kevin BX is, you talk about credible. That's a credible man. Not Eric Carlson credible, but credible. Yeah, Eric Carlson scoring on the Habs. Way to break my heart. <laughs> the only thing with Kevin Bieksa is just my one snag is that he would not give up his no trade, his no uh, movement clause, and that's the reason why Shea Theodore is on the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Oh man. All right. Well, first off, why did Kevin Bieksa have a no move clause? It was um originally from Vancouver. And then the Ducks acquired him. Who signed that deal? Because it was he was <laughs> great in 2011, been, but that was when um wait, would that have been um what is his name Lawrence? Would that have been not not Lawrence? No, no, that's the Leafs guy. Not um oh God, who's um, the one Friedman's friends with him? Mike um, Gillis. Mike Gill. Would it have been Mike Gillis? Yeah, because that was when he gave like Luongo that contract, and then <laughs> the Sedins, and then Bieksa, and then Kessler. Man, half of those ended. Wait, no. Was he the one who gave Kessler the, the, the awful one? Or was that? I thought that was Anaheim. Oh, no, that yeah, was Bob Murray. Yeah, yeah. That was Bob but Murray. still, the long goes wasn't, wasn't. Most of those deals were bad at the end. We got Bo Horvat. It's okay. We, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, well, plus, if, if they win in 2011, who cares, right? Exactly. I know your feel. I know your. I know the feeling, Galaxy fans. Don't worry. I know the feeling. Um. Okay. Um. That's everything. If anyone cares, apparently Wayne Gretzky gave a vote of confidence to Mark Bergerman, so that's great. Thanks, Wayne. Nice. The LA connection. Man, I love how people were going. This is so rich. I think CJ said this on the CJ show. He's like, yeah, so Bergerman has connections in LA because he's friends with Pat Brisson. And I'm just thinking, like, are we still going on about the Brisson, the Brisson thing? Because Eichel and Tavares are both Habs, right? I'm exactly. so sick of the Brisson connection. So sick of it. That's not how this works. Anyway, that's everything from us, eh? Lads, go on Twitter. 
And right. let's see if we've missed anything. Go on Twitch. Make sure we the Raptors anything. are playing. Oh yeah, Adam. Yeah, back in this uh, is your first thing. full season as a diehard basketball fan. Um, the Montreal basketballers are not a thing, so no, I'm not. Okay. If Tampa Bay finally moved, then yeah, then I'll be like, yeah, let's go. Um, you know, the Expos when they're back, but you know, we need a Montreal team. Expand to Montreal. What are you thinking anyway? You know, the, do it. Like you know, expand the game to Canada. Bring back um, the Expos. Yeah, man. Except they don't get gritty back. He's ours. <laughs> Even though gr- not gritty. God damn it! No, not gritty. Uh, Yuppie. Yeah, Yuppie. Yeah. Except I don't think Yuppie's gonna be one involved with this team much longer the way the season's going. Okay, I don't think there's. Uh, Drake is at the uh, Scotia Bank Arena. I'll be at the game on Saturday. So oh, really? Nice. Yeah, let you know oh, that's cool. how that goes. So they're, they're not going to win. <laughs> yeah, who are they playing, Daniel? Who are they playing? Um, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Wow, he's pretty good. Yes, it's for my friend's good. birthday. Happy birthday, Francis! Oh, that's nice. Happy, happy birthday. birthday, Francis! Happy birthday, Francis! He doesn't listen to here, so I'll send that's him okay. the episode. Well, we still did Francis. Him. Okay, send him this full clip. That Francis, why are you not listening to the show? Just tell him to well, go, Francis. Tell him to go right to the end. How about Francis download the podcast and ask all your friends to do it too? Because we're trying to reach a milestone here. So Francis, I'm looking in the camera. Go check out the YouTube version, Francis, to see. Even though I'm leaning back in my chair, maybe difficult to see me, Francis. We're happy to have you. Happy birthday. Have a good one, buddy. Say Francis one more time, just in case. Francis. <laughs> It's funny, my mom's middle name is Francis, so she'll be listening to this like, why is he yelling that? Guarantee you, when she listens to this, I'm going to be getting a text saying, what are you doing? It's really funny. So her middle name is Elizabeth and Francis, right? My brother is is, is Thomas, but then I found out he has a second one that's Edgar, and I, I can't think of it without laughing. Edgar? But it's like, but mine's like Peter and Christian, right? Like Adam, Peter, Christian. It's like, you know, Edgar. <laughs> If at my brother's wedding, if they say Scott Thomas Edgar, I am going to lose it. You know, that's a name you never actually really hear anymore. That like, Edgar? you know, boys are not being named Edgar anymore. No, 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 no not since that one writer. Yeah. Shout you out know, to Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. You know what else people aren't being named? Robert. I haven't, I've met my first Robert uh, last weekend. Robert E. Bennington. Robert Thomas. Like, Robert. yeah, like that's the only one, like in our generation, it's not a popular name. I don't like the name. Like, if they call him Robbie, I'm fine with that, but I don't like Bob. Well, that's so aggressive. Bob. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Like, would you name, would you name, would you call your baby if you named him Robert? Would you call him Bob? No. no. <laughs> I'd call Absolutely him Bobber. not. Or if I you would... had a son named Anthony, would you call him Tony? As yeah, a, no, for sure. Yeah. As a baby. That's so would you different. Call him Tony? That's so Mike. different. That's so different. <laughs> hey, Tony, can you not try and punch your goalie in the face when he lets in the goal? Yeah. It's. <laughs> okay. Oh. On that note, um, hashtag pain for Shane. We'll see you. Sunday.